And now, welcome to The Approach with Jeremy Seaholm, Danny Finn. All right. Welcome, everybody. We are just getting started here on this nice Friday night. We had a lot of ACST matchups over the past couple weeks. We got a special presentation of Candlepin Corner tonight, The Approach podcast is doing their first ever live broadcast with special guest mr wow himself paul grant so just a minute here i'm gonna gonna let this situate get some see if we can get some people trickling in i'm gonna pass this over to danny and jeremy this is their baby i'm just gonna be here as a as along for the ride while they do a nice interview with the man who has taken the candle pin world by storm this year uh started the announcing trend and has just wowed everybody pun intended uh so without further ado here is danny finn jeremy seaholm the approach podcast how's it going guys you guys take it away from here uh and you let me know when you're ready for mr paul grant well welcome to the approach podcast uh i I'm horrible because I stopped counting what number episode we're on. So we don't know what Super Bowl we're at. We don't know what WrestleMania we're at. I've I've lost count. We're, we're probably ahead of where we were supposed to be. You know where That's we true. are now. So uh, uh, I'm your host. Well, one of your hosts, uh, Jeremy Seaholm. I'm Dan Finn. Uh, you're uh, fresh off a, a big match right now. I am. Uh, I just bowled my match against uh, Shu. If some of you guys got to see it, that was a very exciting match. I was a little nervous because I know how explosive he can be, but able to uh, edge that one out. And now I got um, we got Kyle Hetty next. So we'll see how that goes. Corey, that's how'd you a, do? That's not a tough match. I told you I didn't want to talk about it, Dan. <laughs> I, mean, <that's- laughs> I uh, I'm just going to say right now. Logan bolt great. I think he was twenty three yeah. pins over his average. I just I was right at it. I just I just I, I don't know. it's a it was a salt. I was salty last night. Like happy for Logan. He's gonna do great. But my I was more mad at myself than anything. But it's uh I'm over it now. We're moving on. On to next season. Build back better. All that fun stuff. You know. <laughs> I think that could be a catchphrase. I don't think anybody's using that right no, now. No, no, not at all. So, who, uh, I know we already introduced it, but I always say it this way. Jeremy, who do we have on today? We have Mr. New Catchphrase himself. Wow. Now, uh, you, Paul Grant, you've known, Paul Grant you've known, with known, us. I was going to say, you've known Paul for a while, right? Yeah, this is the funny thing because, you know, everyone's seen it like Paul Grant's, this new guy, take, like Corey just said, he's taken the kettle and bowling by storm. To me, He's the guy from Friday nights 23 years ago with the megaphone. Yeah. You know, calling out raffle winners. Like to me, that's that, that that's like who he is to me and who he's he might as well have a megaphone right now. You know, yeah. So why don't we why don't we bring him in? Hey guys. I know. Uh, they go now, to ratings. Now I gotta ask you, Paul, when when uh, when you were at Fairway on that megaphone, did you say the winner is three seven four? Wow. No, we call it, we call it by name. You call it by name? Yeah. I used to drive Jerry crazy because I always wanted, when somebody had a good string, I always wanted, I'm always a bit of a frustrated broadcaster because it's very yeah. difficult to get in the field. Back in the 80s, after broadcasting school, there were no openings. It was like one sports show, Sunday yeah. nights in RKO from six to eight, and you got to be union and know somebody. And now I couldn't afford to live in the sticks of Maine or New Hampshire. So I would get in the microphone and say, hey, Rick Kimrowski threw a 160 to Jeremy Chagrin. <laughs> well, it was it was more it was more to Bob's the guy I used to work with Bob. It was more to his chagrin than mine. But now, Paul, have you ever more... have you ever watched any exciting seven hundreds? Um, not anybody here. 
everybody here? No. I had a, I had a, I, I don't, I, I'm not going to I know for a fact. I respect Jeremy. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I was going to say, I know it wasn't a Jeremy Seahome 700. We haven't seen one of those yet. Uh, I, I, listen, I, I never try. I would never trash a bowler. I'm sure oh, I will. Mistakes. Jeremy, we'll start with you. <laughs> this is what Danny does for a living. Yes, I know. So, <laughs> I know. That's why I make my money. Every podcast, Amanda Carroll, you got over a 700 run. So, how about you, Jeremy? Do you get one? Every podcast. <laughs> Why do, is that me? <laughs> that's all right, Dave. Chester Cove kind of forgot how many he has. He had so many. Uh, that's right. When you get so many, you just forget. So, so Paul, I got to ask going back, did you bowl any youth tournaments or anything like that growing up? How did you get involved in the Candlepin bowling world? Well, we, we grew up in a housing project in Salem, Rainbow Terrace. Uh, there was like 300 kids in the street, and my parents had one income. And back then, you know, a lot of families had five, six, seven, eight kids. We had six, and we didn't have a lot of money. So I was doing a paper route from age 10 to 16, making like 10 bucks a week, and sometimes 20. And so it's five, six days a week. So I used to working hard at age 10, and we could only bowl once in a while. We would usually bowl only during school vacation week. Check this out. I'm getting old. Five strings for a dollar at Camelot Lanes in Salem, Mass. We, we when had inflation a came around, it was four for a dollar. I was like, that's a ripoff. We had an owner, PJ, when people ever said, you know, you get bowling five, five, five strings for a dollar. Or four. What did he used to say? Cigarettes used to be a nickel. Yeah, yeah, something like that. He, he would always pull something, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So it's and then my father, my grandfather would give us like a those gold bank, those bank coin fold up books for Christmas, like yeah. ten dollars worth or five dollars worth, and we go bowling that night. Every Christmas night, we go bowling in Salem, Mass, at Candlepin Lane. So when it close, we go to Linway or someplace like that, a Metro Bowl. So I've been in the last twenty five years. Did you like hand them the book with the coins in it? What's that? So did you like hand them the book with the coins in it? <laughs> I'd have to put them in. So as a paper boy, you had to do it. They wouldn't take your money at Goldsmith News Agency. You had to put every bill in one direction. So if it's all crumpled up, you're not take the money. So it was all in one direction. So I work at Radio Shack at CVS for 36 years combined, 31 at Radio Shack. I get aggravated when somebody gives the bill backwards. I just, you know, so. That was Jeremy when he worked here. I still do it. I'm a, I'm a, I, I count the money at the end of the day. And I, like today, it was like, I'm like flipping bills over. He goes, wow, Yeah, nowadays the bank's using all different directions. I got, you know, chastised for not doing it as a kid, you know. Yeah, that's my OCD. So, did you bowl any any like tournaments as a youth or anything like that? No, I, know I, you bowl, I never really bowl in a tournament because we'd have a lot of money. So, yeah. we really couldn't afford to go. I did bowl in a league as a teen. I bowled in the Chamber of Commerce League. I bowled in one league. I had like a 75 average back then. I started out. And then I started bowling in the Chamber of Commerce League. It was 32 teams. Michael Kane and Scott Meehan actually bowled in that league. Really? And I thought I was going to be a somebody because I had a 169 high single my first year. 32 teams, a night owl, early birds division. I bowled night owls every Monday night, like around 845. And there was some really good bowlers there. And I had a really good year. I had my high single of 169. I had a 136 and 81 and 169 in order. Story of my life, inconsistency. And I had a 386. I got a 387 another time with a 161. But I bowled in one TV roll-off. I won the qualifying round. But I had to work the next day at McDonald's for 220 an hour, 220 an hour back yeah. in the age. And so making 80 bucks a week, I couldn't get a lot of money. And I helped my mother out too when she was alive, which she had a cancer. Not she didn't smoke, but um, so money was tight. So we couldn't really bowl a lot. And so I kind of look, if I had a time machine, I'd go back and say, you know, in my housing project in Salem, I was the best bowler on the street. We bowled the Salem State College Student Union, it was six lanes. And every Saturday we get lanes for free. And everybody wanted to be on their team because I was the best bowler. Yeah. So, but I, I think I could have been somebody. I could have been maybe not as good as you guys, Jeremy, but you know, I probably could have at least a semi pro. But 110, when I went to Natick, Rick Kimowski in the league. And Rick has been great to me. I always love Rick Kimowski. Um, he's always a great, he's a great stand up guy, always nice to me, very pleasant. Debbie, she's a hot ticket. And uh, he always made me feel welcome. I never forgot that. So I always drove extra miles because I like Rick Kimowski. 
and the way yeah. he talked to me, the way he treated me, he respected me. And uh, I bowled a 110 my first down league. I couldn't believe it, 110 average. Bowling once a week with no practice. And just before that, mid-90s, my wife was going to law school. I bowled in two leagues with my cousin Peter in Somerville, Davis Square. And I had like a 107 both years, and I won high average both years. Wow. Now, would you say that average, that 110 average was the highest you carried, or did you get? Yeah, 110 was one 110. season. Yeah, that was like 108, 107. Yeah. And I began president for 12 years. A pro in the ACST? Yeah. I know it probably wasn't the same yeah, back then. Yeah, but... pro. But that was one week with no practice. Some guys bowl three, four times a week. If I did that, I think right. I could have been a lot better, honestly. Absolutely. I love the coaching and direction. Yeah, I, th- I think you got to bowl at least twice a week. Yeah. So you were talking about the fairway league. You know, obviously you said you were more bowling just for fun. You weren't getting too involved in, in leagues because of money being tight. When did you decide, was fairway your first uh, house you bowled in the league in? Came up in lanes in Salem, Mass, before they closed. And how did you get involved in that league? I uh, just always loved bowling. I watched Don Gillis and Channel 5 yeah. growing up. My, my family all bowled. You know, when we had a chance to go out and bowl with the kids, there was six of us. My brother Kevin and I, my older brother, were very competitive. Yeah, ready to throw a ball. He'd make a noise, make it throw the ball away on purpose. He was, a, he was a very competitive person. We always had wars bowling. I always been with, the only thing that beat my brother Kevin was, was kill up and bowling. Everything else he killed me in. Even a skittle bowl, he beat me. I love skittle bowl. <laughs> that wooden thing with Aurora by Aurora. You, God, you used, to, you used to bring those to the Friday Night Pro League uh, yeah. banquets every yeah, year. I used to make, we used to decide, but I used to win every time. I think I lost <laughs> one time. I was mad. I won every time. Do you remember who won? Huh? Who won the time that beat you? Uh, I don't know. It was, I don't know. It was Scott Austin or one of those guys. Yeah. You know. When, when did you start bowling at Fairway? Uh, wife got a law school around 2000, uh, so 19, 2000. No, so you literally started bowling at Fairway the year I started working there. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And so, so you've known me my whole entire adult <laughs> life, basically. Yeah, yeah. Indirect. We didn't really talk a whole lot, you know. Yeah. Um, but I've always been a fan of the game. I've always cheered for teammates. Even we bowl a competitor, I always cheered for the – made a great shot. Even if we lost by 50 pins or one pin, I always shook the hand and thanked them. And I always cheered them on. I've always been a fan of bowling. So when I call the game, I call like a, a teammate. Like yeah. I, you guys get a strike. It's like, yeah, strike, uh, noise, double strike. I'm the same way. I'm like, I'm like a fan of the stands. I get really into it. I get really passionate. Everything I do, I go all out. Yeah. You know? So what are some of your best memories bowling in that fairway league? I think in that high single 169, getting a trophy yeah. in front of all those people in a bowling banquet, that was really special. Uh, we'll talk about my candlepins for cash shot in a minute, too. That's my favorite bowling moment, candlepins for cash. Yeah. Uh, in 1980, Bob Gamir was the host of candlepins for cash. The ratings are going down. I think there was an issue with him, and the show is going off the air. And I put a contesting card in candlepin lanes months ago. I got a call one afternoon. I think it was a Tuesday afternoon. Not to sound like the Moody Blues. And they said, yeah, we're, do, we're doing Canopins for, can, for Cash this weekend. Can you come down? And I said, aren't you off the air? And they said, well, we're taking for two more weeks. Can you come down this Saturday? Okay, sure, I'll come down. I told my daughter, I need that Saturday off. Usually they don't give me time off on the weekends. They surprisingly give the time off. I went down there. I drew number three. I was the third bowler. Hadn't bowled in the league for six months. Two practice boxes half an hour before the show. Head pinned both times. But up there, I was nervous. I had the little McLeod mustache, the long hair. I had hair like this. <laughs> Uh, let's see a picture of me here. This I is love mine. when people bring in material. Yeah, I bought some material, some some uh, lap effects here. If I can find it here, I had them organized here. Another go. Uh, where's one with the beard? Here's one with the beard. The little kid I was babysitting from church. So that's the long. The young, young Paul Grant. Yeah. The girlfriend at the time, she liked she liked beards and mustaches. I grew it for her, but my wife hates I, it. I, I shaved after I broke up with her. <laughs> and this is me winning a award at Radio Shack. I won men yeah. a month, nine months in a row. 
And this is me with a Yankee hater shirt on, certified Yankee hater shirt on when I was a teenager. I was yeah, in a bad right, morning here. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> this is me. I won a top five store in the country out of 7,000 radio shacks. I won President's Council twice, and I got to go on the NASCAR Motor Speedway for a petrifying drive about 880 miles now on the track. So, so if anybody knows about getting sponsorships all over your shirt and gear, it's it's uh, Paul with the NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> we got we to get Paul sponsored, I think. But um, that'd be great. Uh, so uh, I got on the show and I was nervous. I didn't know what I was doing. And I'm having Brendan O'Dowd make a video on channel and chat. You'll make fun of me how I look. I had the zits, the nervous little mustache. I was I was scared. I was nervous. Never been on TV before, other than you know. And Bob Gamir said, "You saw the notes ahead of time. Do you want to be a sports announcer?" I said, "Sure." He goes, "Here, take the mic." And I wasn't planning it. Now, I love doing Johnny Most. I always did Johnny Most impressions, but I froze. What do I do? So I said, yeah. "What do you do for a living, Bob?" And if you go know, to the show, he's going off the air. So the timing of the joke is great. He says, "I don't know. I got to start looking." I said, "Reach out for your pin pal card." He's like, "I can't do that." Then I was relaxed. I was joking, laughing. I was relaxed. Yeah. Get up there. Right in the pocket, nine drop off the wall, strike, $1,220. The last strike of the show's history. So I'm still waiting for that Who Cares trivia book someday. So I told uh, Jimmy, uh, Peter Flynn, and, and uh, I did the conference for Cancer next year, the qualifying round. I told Peter Flynn and Chris Sargent, hey, you got all these records? I got one thing over you, though. I got the last strike in conference for cash. <laughs> I only claim to fame. <laughs> so... When you were bowling at Fairway, who were some of the better bowlers in that league? Jeremy, Nutt. for sure. Uh, Miguel Rivera bowled a couple of years. He worked me at Radio Shack. He was a good bowler. I don't know if Jeremy bowled in that league. I don't know if you bowled that time. I think you were working. No, I was I was working. My wife bowled in that league. Uh, Bill Austin was a good bowler. Dave Austin. Uh, Tom Hirsch actually was a really good bowler. Yep. He bowled really good then, too. He's really good. He's a really he's a lot of knowledge of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. He's a, he's a walking, he's a walking rule book. Oh yeah, he's a if walking you, rule book. Yeah, yes. If you don't know a rule. Message Tommy Hirsch. Yeah, no joke. He knows that rule, memorized. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those, Michael Kane. Well, he bowled in Salem actually, but there's, there's a lot of them. Those are the ones I remember mostly, though. So yeah. once the fairway fairway went went away, uh, what was uh, where did you continue your bowling? Well, they wanted to be president before I moved to Haver, bought a house in Haverhill and. Um, yep. In uh, Merrimack Valley, and uh, they asked me to be president. I said, Well, they must like me, so I guess I'll drive. It was 30 minutes from Haverhill to Waltham. Says, oh, It's only 50 minutes. I'll go 50 minutes. And I got voted 12 years in a row. <laughs> and then we moved, then, we, then they made a close down with the Millis, 67 miles from my way. I'm like, I'm not going to do it. Then I said, You know what? I like the people here. Kamarowski's awesome to me. I like Rick Kamarowski. I know Dan Castle there. Uh, so I wanted to go, so I kept going. And uh, I was very tired. I know once a week, and my average started plummeting because I was so exhausted working retail 60, 70 hours a week. So I ended up with a 95, 98 towards the end, but I was in the low to mid hundreds for a while. Yeah. Uh, but I enjoyed it. It was an escape for me, you know? Yeah. You know, I had the hernia injury, I had a surgery last year, and I couldn't bowl. Ironically, Bob Lee took my place, and so I started, you know, Rick Kimrowski told Bob I'd like to do this, and so I, I did a match with you, actually, and I did the uh, teacher finals last year, which I skipped on my mind. I prepared, like, 60 hours, all these background checks, notes, well, rather I want to get into that. I'd watch videos. I was scared of my mind. Into your broadcasting. I want to keep going with your bowling yeah. a little bit longer. Yeah. So you said the hernia surgery, that was it for your bowling? Yeah. Yeah, after another one eventually. Is there any chance you can get back into that, or do you think? Uh, hopefully, I don't know, but I, I like what I'm doing, doing now, honestly. I, I, yeah. I'm really content doing this now, honestly. <laughs> I bet you some people would love to see Paul Grant on the lanes. Yeah, I'm one of them. I'd love to see Paul get out, get out I there. I tip my shoulder too low. Ricky Russell always correct, always teaching me tip my shoulder too low. We'll get you back. Yeah, you get some competitive matches in the ACSTC yeah. division. 
we'll have you right back. No problem. Yeah. I'll, probably, I'll probably be the D, D or the E division to start. <laughs> so when we get, um, so as you said, your bowling career kind of seemed to go away right around the time the broadcasting thing really took off. Now, Bob Lee gets credited a lot for um, really making, taking that streaming step to the next step. Obviously, I've said it a million times, Jeremy agrees. None of that happens without Frank DeLuca. Um, and now all of a sudden, we're not just putting up a, a phone. Bob gets involved, starts doing a lot of commentating. And then the king of, wow, how did you get hooked up with Bob in the first place? You know, I think I heard Don Gillis do it a few times. And you hear it, people saying, wow, a lot of times when you bowl. It wasn't purposely yeah. like that. I just started, it just, for me, I don't force anything. Like yeah. some announcers, you can tell it's forced. They have these rehearsed speeches, like in 1776. And then there's, like, come on, you know? Mine's, I'm like Kevin Harlan. I'm very excitable. Um, I like to, I, I feel the passion of the, the bowling. I really get into it. I feel like I'm a participant in the match. Uh, it just comes natural, honestly. And it just kind of stuck. You know, it wasn't planned that way. You know, nothing I say is planned, actually. Stall off the cuff and everything. I mean, yeah, one of the things stuff. that we talked about was, and, and you know, and you know, you didn't take this the wrong way. I said you're, you're you're always at a ten. I said it could be the second string somebody runs, you know, the one two four, and you explode with excitement. And I said you got to give yourself room. Yeah, to go. And I've been working on that. <laughs> yeah, and, but but that that excitement, and uh, I've heard it from. Well, it's very genuine. It doesn't seem like you said. It doesn't seem forced. You're excited to see those types of shots. Yeah, I love. I've loved. I've always loved bowling. Even though I couldn't bowl a lot, I always loved bowling. Yeah, I always loved bowling. Whenever I got a chance, I always bowled. Vacations, whatever. I, I always loved bowling. Always. Now I know. Obviously, you call ACST. That that's got to be the most common thing you call. What other big matches do you have? You called not ACST aside. We'll get into that. Uh, Why did the Cheecher finals with Corey Packard won that? Matt Susi was there. Brian uh, Dave Barber was there, and Joey Lister was there. So that was great to see. Four great bowlers. Uh, I did the U.S. Invitational, and Bob never got back to me. I said, "I'd like to be with you if you'd like." He said, "Sure." So I didn't hear Monday. So I called him Tuesday morning at seven thirty. Do you want to come? Come on down. So I took a shower, shave, boogie from Haverhill to Nashua, and I said, "What do I do? Go get the lineups." I go, "What do you mean? Go get the lineups? What's that mean? Go get the lineups." Okay. I tell I tell the balls, give me your name. How do you spell it? Rich Lamoni. Yeah. So I get the guy where they're from. And so I go up there to do the match. I say, Rich Lamoni. And Bob's like, no, it's Lamone, Paul. So I'm calling him Lamone. And Rich Moy after said, I told you it was Lamoni. Yeah. Rich Lamone is Lamoni. So I just joke about that. But the problem was, like, we told the teams, if you substitute, please tell us. We're further back. I don't know anybody here. And they didn't. So I'm calling Mark Carey, Brian Purdy. I'm calling Scott and Tim Douglas backwards. I still do it now. But, you know. <laughs> And I was, it was a great call. They're very exciting calls. But when I listened, I'm like, I was so embarrassed with the wrong names. So oh, that's I why I prepare a lot. I prepare a lot. I, I take it very seriously. I don't just show up for a match and talk to the microphone. I spend hours before each match preparing for it. I think you you called my match against uh, Shu, and you were upset that I think I made a shot or he made a shot, and you called it by the wrong last name. And I said, listen, we missed shots. You're going to miss some calls. It sounds like you can't you can't hold yourself that it's going to be 100% every well, time. Well, Bob Lee said that he calls it spread eagle, spread eagle Productions for a reason. You aim for perfection. You hit the head pin. You get a spread eagle. It doesn't yeah. go your way. I broadcast the same way. And I listen to every broadcast. Most of the time, I can't catch up right now. I'm so far behind. I'll catch up during the summertime. I always listen to my broadcast once, sometimes twice, to pick out things I need to learn. Oh, I said that wrong. I did that wrong. I could have torn them down here. I could have been a little more excited here. So I'm working on it. I'm tweaking it. I mean, even, uh, I'm not going to apologize for being excited. The sport needs enthusiasm. Right. The radio. I agree. I'm not even, taking credit for it, but God has put me in this position. 
Bob Lee has been fantastic to me. I can't, I can't do it without Bob Lee. He's fantastic to me. Frank DeLuca of late, awesome to me. I can't, you know, thank him enough. And the Frank, owners, Frank was actually the one who said uh, to get you on the podcast. So I got. Uh, I did the campaigns for cancer in Scarborough, and I did a match with Dom Drake. He threw a 158 and 169. Of course, I'm going nuts. It's, you know, it's back to back. And there's only two bullets. And I didn't know Mike Walker was listening in Maine. He runs the Maine Camp and Bowling Association. He's the owner of Scarborough Big 20 Lanes. And he said to me, would you like to come down this next two weekends to do the Maine State Tournament, Open Tournament? I said, sure. I asked for gas and toll money if we could, if we could do that because it's a lot of money. It's $15 for tolls plus gas. And so he agreed to it to help me out. Give me lunch instead. That's fine. I'm not looking to make, get rich or anything like that, make money. But um, I did I did an awesome – and the rates were through the roof there in Maine. Everyone wanted to do an interview. They treated me like gold up there. It was awesome. It was like 30 bowlers for campus for cancer. We had 54 bowlers, the most ever at the time. And they all did interviews except one person didn't want to do an interview. That blew my mind that we got 54 bowlers for that role. We got 72 or 74 last time because I yep. promoted the heck out of it. Yep. I'm excited for this next set of role, this next tape and next Saturday. Yeah. I was actually talking to um, a, a company that works in marketing, and they'd asked me, you know, they, they, they weren't really in the Candlepin as much, but they said, I feel like Candlepin isn't where it was, you know, back in its heyday in the 80s. I said, I've been really involved in the bowling community for about the last 10 years, and I'm more excited now than I think I've been in the last 10 years. There was a period right before COVID, I think it was really peaking, then there was kind of a, a dip a little bit, but now I feel like we're back to where we were three years ago, and I think even then some, like it's really- Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely hyper, definitely nervous. I have my father, a lot of my father's traits, I talk fast, not as fast as I broadcast, not on purpose. I probably have ADD without knowing it. I think it's A through Z, actually. Uh, but, you know, I've always, I'm really, everything I do, I go, I go all out. Yeah. You know? Somebody in the comments posted that uh, they'd pay you to record their voicemail greeting. Would you be interested in doing some sure. voicemail greetings? Sure. There you go. I do want royalty fees for a while, though. Maybe I'll make some money. Like, <laughs> I think we got to get those shirts going. Uh, <laughs> Definitely got to get the shirts going. I would buy one. I just want to give kudos to Mark Ritchie. Mark did a great job in Riverwalk. We, we did a match. We had some talk so to, and things out. How did you end up partnering? I know, I, obviously, uh, Mark owns Riverwalk. How did you end up partnering up with uh, Mark Ricci for that match? Well, we had a little talk about things that weren't going to the way, you know, miscommunication, like everything else. But I talked to the bowlers. I'm okay with talks. Just talk me nicely about it. Not even mean about it. Be nice about it. I like the golden rule. Treat everybody the way you want to be treated. That's how God said. Treat like you want to be treated. If you have a conflict, talk to that person directly, not 20 people. Talk to me directly. I got no problem with that. Yep. You can agree to disagree, but let's have a nice talk. You know, and I'll, I'll work on my things after work. I'm not going right. to apologize for getting excited. I'm never going to say Danny Finn threw a gutter ball. He stinks. I'll never do that. I would never trash a bowler. Listen, if I throw a gutter ball, you say he threw a gutter ball, he stinks. I own it. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm one of the bowlers. I love the uh, – yeah. I always rally for the bowlers. <laughs> Whether you're having a bad game or a good game, I always say good things about the balls. Do you feel like there? It is difficult. Uh, Dan, to go back to. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say going back to what you said. You know, being excited about the kind of time that we're in now. I mean, there's more content in this game that's available now. That I mean, than there ever ever has been. There's always, every night, there's always a match on. There's always something to watch. I think that's a good problem. It can be oversaturated at times, but how many times do you have an ACST playoff? Yeah. I mean, this is the most exposure we've gotten, right? I mean, oh, some matches sure. were covered the other day. I was going mm-hmm. Debbie Gibson concert last night, so I missed some coverage. I could have done two matches yesterday. Oh, and I'm just I'm just going to jump in. Like During my match yesterday, there was three matches going on towards the end of mine or, or middle that mm-hmm. kind of overlapped. And even when I checked out, how our match was going. Our match was holding 19. Uh, Bob Lee's pr- production of uh, Scally versus Lee's was still holding 25, 30. Yeah. And then the, the matchup in Exeter was still holding 20 to 25. Like people are, people are checking it out. doesn't matter. 
how much the saturation is. Cause I've been bowling since I was eight or nine years old. And like Danny said before, this is the most I've been excited about bowling in a very long time. I, I would like to ask one favor for all the bowlers and the families. If you could subscribe free to Spread Eagle Productions on YouTube, it would help us out. We're trying to get at least a thousand subscribers. It'll pay for some expenses, not a lot. Would help a little bit, and plus, it's good for the bowling community. Absolutely. The more fans we get, it's better. And maybe we go to sponsors. Hey, we got so many views, you know, and that's what we're going to try to do next year, hopefully. But I'll never apologize for being excited. You know, when it gets quiet, I'm going to get quieter, but I'm not going to sit there and the guy throws a double strike say, "Wow, let me see on." Honestly, honestly, you should just just be you, right? I don't think you should have to change anything. And I think at first it bothered me because I'm very sensitive, very emotional. I think it it bothered me when people yell at me. I was like. You know, you got to calm down or, you know, I get it, but, you know, I'm not going to apologize. The sport needs life. And I right. feel like I'm naturally doing that and it's not forced. It's not rehearsed. I enjoy doing it. Whether I get two hours sleep or four hours sleep or no sleep, I'll do five matches a day. I love it so much. So the, the Candlebin community I've always felt is very tight knit. And sometimes in a way, when you get too tight knit, you don't really see the outsiders coming in. Yeah. And I think to people like not, not Jeremy, because Jeremy knew you, you almost, I think some people saw you as like a little bit of an outsider yeah. and I think it took some time and you kept going and going and going. And I know in some ways it probably felt like you were hitting a wall, hitting a wall, hitting a wall. Yeah. But I think people saw how genuine you were and how none of it was a shtick. None of it was for personal gain. It was really for the passion of the game. Yeah. And I think that's where you're like, I'm seeing you're like really turning the corner in a lot of people's eyes. People, not that it was negative, but any of that negative is really starting to turn positive. Yeah. I've noticed. A lot. I'd like to think so. I hope so. That's my goal is I want to, yeah. you know, we need to be unified as a team, men and women. We got to be, and we got to do something to help the women's game. I'm trying my hardest to get the women going. Before I talk about that, though, I want to just give kudos to Al Johnson. He's been terrific to me. He said, don't listen yeah. to, to 2% and 10%. Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing more than anybody else in this game promoting it. And I don't have a big ego, a big head, but it's nice to hear that. Because, you know, a couple of balls can be a hard time there, and I was, like, frustrated. I told about I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just sick of the aggravation. I'm like, I do this, and I feel like I'm doing it in vain. So, honestly, yeah. I'm just being real. I, it bothered me. And But I got to not take that personally and just say it's kind of like a business. You just got to do your thing and – not everybody's popular, you know, about this president, this God. Not everybody's, nobody likes 100% of anything. I was talking to Justin Lyon Ace over at the uh, amateur tour at Hingham, and one of the things that he said was anybody who says anything negative, but I think he said he had this conversation with you, you're who they call for the match <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah. So there's, I, I there's think there's a few haters out there, but hopefully they'll come around. I think they'll come around. I, yeah, I think yeah. anybody who hasn't come around is, is starting to miss the bus, in my opinion. If you want to talk to me about anything, I'm, I'm, I'm right there. I will talk. Yeah, you take, and you take a lot of criticism, um, constructive criticism, I think, where you, you are looking to get better. You, just like everybody probably listening to this about bowling, um, you're trying to get better at broadcasting, just like everybody else trying to get better at bowling. And, and, and not that I think that you have a lot more to go. You've been doing great. But, you know, like you said, everything is just a matter of trying to get a little bit better, a little bit better. And my Christian belief is if someone makes in the Bible, it says if someone sins against you, makes a mistake, go talk to that person directly. If yeah. you listen, you want them over. If not, you get two or three others along to help out. Just yep. come to me directly. It would be so much better if you just do that. I have no problem with that. Right. So as far as the ACST goes, you know, you, you've been – this was really your first year doing it, correct? Yeah. yeah. What were some of the most exciting matches you saw? Well, the one with Justin Lyonnais, the other recently with Justin Lyonnais, and I felt bad for Chuck DeRoja. I thought he had it. 
and JT punched out a half Worcester, which I hate that shot, my least favorite shot. He punched out the three and the nine to the right, and he needed a spare and a couple of marks to win. Yep. He blew up the, uh, he blew it up for a spare like a strike. It was just decimated the pins, and he needed like an eight and a ten to tie. And he fills nine and picks up for a spare, then gets the lemon drop in the tenth box to win by two. That was one of the most recent throws. Yeah, that was the a great. Close series playoffs were awesome this past week. All three matches I did were down to the wire. Our Keith Volpe was clutch, a spare uh, in the tenth box to win. By three, um, the John Winchell match in the U.S. Invitational—that was my favorite U.S. Invitational match against Massholes. I hate that name. I hate saying Massholes. <laughs> it's a personal like that. This doesn't sound right, God. Don't take it personal. I'm saying the name, God. You know, I'm not taking your name in vain. But it's like, you know, uh, he, that, he had a, he had a full horseman. He had a spare to win it. And he got it. It was clutch spare. That was my yeah. favorite call. There's been so many though. I can't. There's so many. I could probably have 50 of them by now. There's so many good ones. You know? So I, this and I is try a- to call the match like I try, even if it's like a 50 pin win. I try to call like it's exciting still. I remember doing uh, Natick High football on the radio in the 80s, and Natick was a, a dominant. They were like a top team, like Brockton back then. Anyway, they would win 45 nothing, 38 to seven, and I call the game like it's seven seven with two minutes to go. Because you want right, to keep the entertained, you know, involved. There's been a few questions that came up, but it's very relevant to what you said. Uh, is this J- Is this uh, Britain? Jordan yeah, Britain. Yeah. Can you say your that? Your brackets are busted, Jordan. Yeah. Oh, he's been busted since the first <laughs> match. Smack. So, so do you not swear? No, I try not to. I did a little bit growing up. I grew up, grew up in that environment a lot of, but I don't. I try not to because God says, "Let no wholesome talk come out of your mouth." So I try to practice that. Yeah. I I fall short. I have I have attitudes sometimes. I'm not perfect. I'm no better than anybody else. I'm just trying to do the right thing. Not easy, and it's yeah. not easy around bowlers who do it all the time. So I just say, try not to swear during the podcast, the broadcast. Because if you're on Channel Pits for Cancer on Channel Five, are you going to swear? I don't think so. So I think we need to have more etiquette because we're trying to get young bowlers yeah. involved. Oh, I can be role models. Not that I'm trying to point the finger. I'm better than you because I'm not. I'm just a sinner like everybody else. So you, you mentioned the match with Chuck. How you, you know it was tough for him to lose. Was it, one of the things I think is tough, even running the league, is uh, somebody has to lose. No matter how good the match is, especially in the playoffs, somebody's going home. Somebody advances. Out of all the matches you specifically called, and it's not to say that you are rooting against the one who won. Was there anybody who lost and your heart just broke for him because it was such a that somebody had to lose? What was one of the the hardest ones you had to call? I'd say that recent one, Chuck DeRoges, yeah. because he lost the division. He led it for 17 weeks, and Corey beat him 12 to 2 in the last week to win the division. Then he had it. I, I, I said, You want to do an interview after the match? Because I thought he was going to win. If you, if, you know, if you win, he's like, yeah, Okay. He has like interviews. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, I've tried to do like Channel 5, I think, before and after, if we can, just to make it like a TV appearance. Right. So that's why I do it that way. People fight it. But anyway, that was the most recent one. I'm exciting. I felt so bad when I sent a message at night. I said, hey, you did you did a great job. You're a terrific bowler. Keep it, you know, I always try to encourage the ball. I send a personal message after it's hey, great effort. You'll get it next time or good luck next season, whatever. So yeah. I always try to encourage the bowlers whether they want to lose. I try to show humility, try to show grace. What was one of the matches, regardless of the score, that you were looking forward to the most? I know you've said a few times to me, and I'm sure people have talked to you. Sometimes you're up till two, three o'clock in the morning doing your homework. What was the one match or tournament that you were fixated on before you did it? Well, the U.S. Invitation obviously was. I was just thrown into the fire. That was yeah. the most exciting, probably, because it was just like one after another, like three. I was like Johnny Moss, like. You know, uh, that was the most exciting probably because there's a whole bunch at once. The Friday Night Pro League, 
I've almost had six heart attacks last week. There was <laughs> the playoffs and the Friday. Every Friday night pro league is awesome. You know, right. one time John Winchell's team union speed lost by 100 pins, but every string was down to like 20 pins by the last two boxes. You can, you know, they weren't lost in the end. But every match I go into, I go in the same approach. Um, this is gonna be an awesome match. I, I call yeah. every match the same. I try to be neutral. I think I'm neutral. I think I'm fair about that. And um, every match I call, I think is exciting. I try to make it exciting. The last money, the last money match had a had a great finish too, didn't it? The women's money match, Amanda Carroll, she punched out so bad. Maddie Kelly explored the pins tonight at six thirty seven. Uh, Amanda threw one five ninety five one nineteen average, um, and she struggles in big twenty because you know it's not as easy as other houses. She has a one thirteen there. Um, that was a phenomenal match. That had 3,000 views, like, when, almost in a week. That was the highest-rated show at the time for one week. And the, the women's money match, the women's uh, state open in Maine, Vanessa Huff and uh, Shannon Scribner, that had high ratings also. So I'm really trying to focus on campaigns for cancer. My parents both had a cancer. Um, and I'm also trying to focus on the women's game, get that game going. And a lot of people told me, nope, don't waste your time. It's not going to work. You're lucky if you get eight teams, 10 teams, 12, you're lucky. We have 18 right now. And two dropped out because of the high average. So I'm trying to get that promoted as much as I can. And uh, I don't know if it will work out, but that's, that's my heart to help the yeah. women. Because the women don't get the recognition they deserve. And we need the women to get more unified and figure out what can we do to get more tournaments going. Yeah, we, we had a podcast with Amy Doobie. I don't know if you had an opportunity to listen to it. And one of the things that she had brought up was you look at, the you know, and Jeremy, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, the men's WCBC had upwards of, what, 300 guys at, in yeah. their peak? Yeah. At, at, the, at the most. And yeah. the women were closer to about 100. Right. And when you cut that by, a, by two-thirds, and now all of a sudden the men don't have 100, they have more like 75. So maybe you cut it by 75%, um, almost 80%. You do that to the women, all of a sudden that number becomes 20 now there's the prize fund is lower. The incentive to, to get everybody together to travel becomes that much tougher. And I think she was the one who said it becomes a numbers game. Yeah. Well, I, I asked Amanda Carroll initially, and you should talk, talk about one of your podcasts before. If you do handicap, like I've run the bear, you had like 88 people bowling. But the big prize money doesn't happen on handicap, they told me. So we went with the 220 average cap. And someone to go 225, that's too high. We don't have super teams, obviously. So I'm okay with feedback. And, we'll, you know, maybe we can do it out on the bear for the woman. I don't I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm we, it's been things. talked about. It's not <laughs> off the table. Yes. Okay. It's, it's been talked about. Well, we need to get the one, a committee of women going. They need to be unified. I don't have people saying, well, I don't like that. I'm not going to do it. We need to be unified as, a, as a bowlers and yeah. try to spread this game and get some advertising for that. I we absolutely We have three sponsors right now. Al Johnson. Actually, I was just talking about, I always promote the game. Every string of a chance, ACST match tonight at 6 o'clock tomorrow night, or Campus for Cancer round two. If you want to bowl, come on down. 625 is the high scores. You can beat that. You know, if not, donate $80 to help the great cause. It's going to be good in the family. So I mean, if, if, the game, if, the sport. I mean, also important, I mean, we're, we have our next taping coming up next Saturday. Um, Daily versus, I call it Charlie Collins, new nickname for Charlie Collins, the Terminator. That guy just destroys the pins. He I mean, you're, you're gonna have Holbrook. Holbrook is going to be back on those lanes. Number I one. mean, th this this ladder is 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 stacked. And yeah. I, Jonathan Boudreaux is in, in sensational. Six eighty four. He threw a six thirty five early that week, and then uh, Craig Holbrook six sixty one. Wayne Springfield six fifty seven. He started off with a with a, a twenty six before to start the match too. Every ladder Candlebins for Kansas has had has been better and better like you you look at the, the the ladder and you go wow that that's wow that that's one of the best ladders they can have and then the next one you look at it and you go 
wow, it's even like it just keeps getting better. It's really good to see that type of competitive bowling coming. I would out. love to call that someday, Jerry. If you're on vacation, Jeremy, let me know. I'll fill in. there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'll get you in. But I mean, yeah. one of the things we're struggling with is getting people to come and actually watch the tapings. Yeah. You know, this is why. Like, if anyone's like, "Listen, who's watching this?" Like, come down to Lena Lanes next Saturday. You know. You're going to have Boudreaux, like you said, Holbrook. Who doesn't want to go watch those guys compete? Yeah. You know. I talked to Bob Lee about covering Tom Holster this summer, too, a match with Tom Holster also. That's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, I think we just need to promote it more. Maybe do it more on Caleb and chat. Mention, I mean, I probably post too much sometimes, but like I'm going to Maine this Sunday. Took over. Cheech and I were back and forth for the top spot, and well, I think you beat us both. Well, I'm, I'm trying to promote the game. I know I don't want to oversaturate. I don't mean to be overwhelming the people, but I want to promote this, the semi-pro bowlers. We have like Corey, Logan, Gingrass, you know, Rob Brown, Justin Lyle. We have a bunch of great semi-pro bowlers. Chris McDonough coming up the ranks. We need to support them and cover yeah. the matches. Chris you know, McDonough is not staying in the semi-pro. No. no. <laughs> Although, did you see the playoffs? Yes. Well, I, 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 saw, I, I, I looked in between yeah. the concert. People the concert started last night. Um, so is pro, semi-pro decided by playoffs? Because No, semi-pro. you're in. One oh, time, you're up. You got so many upsets in the first round. Rob Brown was incredible. He, he's the only one to be Dave Dorman all year. Dave was very gracious in defeat. He was 201-51. Yes. That got to be a record. I'm not sure officially. He only has two matches all year, both to Rob Brown. And then Rob Brown beat him again. The worst – I think Dorman even said it out of all the draws. It was probably the worst draw for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rob's been on an absolute tear. Outrun the Bears first three was at four eleven. Yeah. I think he had a Friday pro night. He threw a four forty two at Academy. Like he's he's been on he's, an absolute he's tear. Bowling, he's bowling like he can't lose right now. And Matt Susie thought I'm I'm happy he made the playoffs. I don't think I have a chance against Josh Daly. And he beat him. And Josh, yeah. I, I love Josh's game. It was a good ball. Mike Beginty, Aaron Saint Cyr. I call Justin Skelly a young up-and-coming bowler. He's been a great bowler, you know. There's a lot of them coming up. I like yeah. coming. He's been around like 20 years. <laughs> I kind of think he's another good young bowler. I asked Mike Walker. I asked when he made an open stage. I said, I want to cover the youth. I saw Kai Hunt. I saw him in the world. U.S. invitation last year. I want to cover Kai Hunt. He was born Rusty Lee Jr. And Rusty didn't make it because somebody dropped out. So I wanted to cover him. And I wanted to cover the woman. So I covered Kai Hunt in the first round, the 18-year-older, who's got a great upside. And I covered the women's match in the second round, Shannon Scribner and Aaron Merrill. That was a great, great match also. And then we covered the men's and the women's semifinals, the men's semifinals, and then the next day we did both, 10 stringers. So I'm trying to cover the youth, the woman, yeah. and the men. Try to get, you know, be all things to all men. And this Sunday, actually, I'm going up to Belfast, Maine. It's like a three-and-a-half-hour ride, three-hour, 15-minute ride to cover a 10-stringer Mark Weber asked me to do. I'm going to pay for gas and tolls. I don't need at least. And and uh, they're going to pay for lunch, too, which I appreciate. That's a 10 string, 11 o'clock on Bowling Network this Sunday. Mark Carey, Mark Weber, Matt Huff, and Paul Dyer, who owns uh, All Play. And that's a brand-new facility in 2014, eight-lane synthetic. He's going to buy it outright. He's been leasing it. So Mike Walker, from the great thing. Russ Neely's off to put me in a hotel for a weekend at Stars and Strikes in South Paris. So I'm very flattered uh, by, by the uh, people's comments, and I don't have a big head. But it helps me. It keeps me going. JB JB says paying for gas is like ten grand. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I my, wife, my wife complains about it all the time. But it's like I'm not going to mandate asking the bowlers because they pay a lot of money to bowl. I'm not going to mandate money for bowl. If they want to give money, that's up to them. But I'm not going to mandate it. You know. Yeah, not not going to. But I filled up at half a tank today at like five. 509, I think it was. Lucky I have a hybrid. I have a BJ's MasterCard. I get 10 cents of a gallon. So it's like 477 there in Haverhill. Luckily, I have a hybrid that helps. 
it, yeah, it does, whatever. but it's still costing me fifty bucks and a half a tank. Yeah. Just because it's so much. It's wear and tear too is the brakes. And no, but I love the game so much to me it's like a hobby. So I, I love, I love well, it. if your brakes go, I'll change your brakes for you. I, I do I do, uh, I do six days a week if I could. Yeah. So with the with with ACST going to Maine, going possibly west, going to a C division, are you nervous for that? Are you excited for that? Are I'm you excited? About it. I told I told Maine. I said, look, schedule two matches at once. I'll do a double. Go for this guy, bro. It's only an hour and fifteen minute ride. There's so Plus, many double matches now. I mean, my whole division when I bowled it was against Shu Kamarowski and. Um, and Bob Lee, we did all of our matches, I think, except for one, we did doubles. Well, the complaint is going from Yarmouth to, you know, two hours to the Cape and during the non-busy season. So I understand that the challenges, but it's good for your game. I think it's good to ball in different houses, too. I agree. I mean, it helps you get better, I believe. I absolutely agree. What are uh, There was a question that was asked. Out of all the houses you've been to, maybe more specifically one that you haven't been to prior to uh, to taking over the broadcasting world, uh, what's your favorite house you've gone to? Well, I, my heart's in Millis because I've bowled here for years, obviously. I, I've bowled the Academy once. I've bowled terrible one year. I was half asleep at a 93 average that year. I was just so tired. Helping my father drive around and working like six days a week, 70 hours a week. I was just baked by Sunday. Um, I like the new the, – it's better now. Um, I, I always like the Linway. Growing yeah. up, and I like Metro Bowl. I think the action was really good there. Um, I like Exeter Lanes. I think Exeter Lanes is a good house. Exeter Lanes. Other, I was about yeah. to say, other than Millis, I'd have to say Exeter. Exeter's up there with probably my other favorite. Now, it's very impressed Mike Walker and Big 20 and Scarborough, how clean that place is. He, mm-hmm. Everybody complains about this little scores. He, he's behind every night two or three hours till 12, 1 in the morning. He's working 120 hours a week with no help. Other than his mother, who just turned 70, she works 80 hours a week. He's cleaning the machines. He goes, when you get a ball here, then there's no grime in your hands. Yeah. He's, he scrubs those machines every night. Mm-hmm. No, he really cares. He's a very passionate guy. It's hard to run a bowling alley. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy knows. Yeah, it is. It is. But I'm so, going to. I wanted to go anywhere to, to help support the game. J- JB says his favorite house is Timber. I think he made that decision a week ago. I think that's recency <laughs> bias, yeah. We'll see if he uh, changes his favorite house to Bogey in a, in a couple weeks or so. I don't know. He just hit 590. He might be tapped for the rest of the playoffs. We're not sure. Congrats on your high five, JB. <laughs> Before you ask a question, Jeremy, I just want to make a proposal, and I kind of I forgot to mention this during my, pod, my uh, broadcast with Al Johnson. We did the Kennel Prince for Cancer, the inside story. I was so mad at myself. I forgot to write that down. I proposed a $1 – Lemon drop pool. If you get a one, oh, a lemon drop, one dollar. And Mark Richard the night said, "Heck, Paul, it's five dollars. You're doing a spare, you know. <laughs> so if we can spend money on raffle tickets and beers and food, why don't we put a dollar to help the camping community? Also, it's going to come around one way or the other. Because someone on our family, whether it's us, hopefully not, or anybody, hopefully not, it's going to affect everybody. Cancer. And those right. little dollars here and five dollars, two dollars here will add up. It will sponsor a family or two during the year. So, so was this kind of like, kind of like a. Danny's swear jar. So, if, like, if you punch the lemon drop, then you got to put in a buck. Yep. Well, Mark Ritchie proposed five dollars on a spare fill. So that's up to you guys. That's fair. I'd say at least a dollar. You know, it was funny. Nick Norcross did one Friday night pro league. I did like, a couple weeks ago, and he took a dollar as wallet. He threw the ball in there. It's It was funny. It's a, it's a fun. It's a funny thing. And I'm not making fun of Rich Lamone because Lamoni, because every says made it up to him. I'm not sure it's true or not. Now, actually, Ali Fournier told me about that. I never heard of it. Ali Fournier mentioned that the Cheeches. And someone got to go, oh, that's a lemon drop. I don't even know what that was. So the three and the six pins. So I think we should do a dollar donation. If that has any money. shot of leaving the bowler lexicon, it's been brought back by the age of streaming, let me tell you. Yeah, we should do a dollar for I think that's just a proposal, not a mandate. No mandates here. 
Uh, $1 for Al Johnson's kennel pension can If not, give it to the league officer and let's put, put an envelope and give it to Al Johnson. I will I will donate my dollar for the one I know I threw today. So <laughs> I mention the broadcast every time. Yeah, I think I only threw one. Did I only throw one? Yeah, you threw one. I will I will donate a dollar on screenshot. You got the you got the, uh, you got the uh, one on the left. So what um who are some of your favorite broadcasters of Candlepen? Like that we're seeing more and more guys doing it now. Who are some of the people you've heard and you thought, you know one you Don Gillis growing up, you know, no, 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 as uh current. Current? I think Justin Scally has a lot of knowledge on, on calling the shots. Yeah. I'm very impressed with his knowledge of the pins. Bob Lee also is very multi-talented across the board also. Um, obviously, you guys do a great job in Canelpins. We can't Jeremy and Richard Meyer give us so much knowledge. I would I'm they all they all try, they all do the best. And you gotta applaud the effort. You know, I still make mistakes. I still call the wrong oh, I, do. I, do I too. the wrong score. You know? you know how many times I'll sit there and I'll I'll be looking at a shot and depending I mean we're also at a different angle where I'll call the wrong pin and then as soon as like I say it, you know, I wanna you know, I'll, I'll correct myself, but you know, it, it's frustrating when you know when you get something simple like that wrong that nobody else is probably gonna notice. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I notice. <laughs> I have such high standards myself. No, I mean, I do. I would notice too, but but that's the thing. Well, the thing too is like I do these matches a lot, and I make comments I should make like, oh, not you know, not bad for one man show. I shouldn't say things. I should say like, oops, my bad. But. You know, I'm trying to keep score for five, five, five balls each side of the Friday Night Pro League, manual scoring. I don't have to set up with the computer, the know-how, or the money to buy a system like Bob Lee has. And then I'm trying to keep track of the total lead in the match and get the notes and the averages and the stats. And it goes fast. And some of these guys bowl fast. It's hard yeah. to keep up. Some mistakes are bound to happen. But I feel bad because I have such high standards. Now, you got an opportunity to call a match with Mark Ricci. Mark Ricci's, you know, very accomplished bowler. What was he, what he have? The high three or five or something? Or high he has a, I have it at home. He has a 519 high triple. 519. He's hit 500 three times. I thought it was great for you guys to pair up, but even I caught you were asking him on how to play some shots. I think you asked him how to get out of a slump when you're bowling. Like you're talking to a guy that has a lot of bowling experience. Yeah. Who is somebody um, that you would love to have the chance to call a match with? Justin Scally. Yeah. Yeah. With his knowledge and my play-by-play, he, he does a good job play-by-play too, but I think that'd be a good combination. Like Amanda Carroll's bowling Jeff's thread. I told Bob, and sorry, Justin, if I'm, uh, I want to do that match because I've covered the women's match, the money matches. So I'm focused on the women's game. So I'd like to cover that match, but I don't want to step on Justin's toes. I think it'd be a good time to work together for the first time because Mark and I hit it off like we were best friends. It was just flowed. It was awesome, you know? And sometimes I cut people off because I like to call the shot. So I got to learn to communicate better. Like with Jonathan Madrill the other day, I was kind of cut him off a little bit and Bob sometimes. So I got to learn to communicate better. Like, hey, before the match, here's what we want to do. It's like a lousy shot. You know, I, you could talk about he's throwing the ball. There's a strike or a spit fill. Wait till the shot's over. So I just got to do a better job communicating when that's on me, for not, you know, for cutting people well, off. I mean, it, it's, it's, I also, do that. I do that sometimes. It, it's also one of the reasons when Al started the show is when he asked – when he asked me to be be the host, like I knew I wanted Richie because I mean, he and I are really good friends. We have a good chemistry and we, we can basically, we know what each other is thinking or, or how to, we basically, we don't even have to think about it. He's hilarious. He's hilarious too. He's hilarious. <laughs> you know, he was really good. He was awesome. You know, no, we never, no, we never no. talked about how we're going to do the format. It just flows. Like, yeah. it was like, an, you know, it was like the top team in NFL Sunday. Like, I always like Kevin Harlan. Kevin Harlan's so excited. Like, I know who Kevin Harlan is. He does the NFL games. He does some of the NBA games. NBA games well, Frank, Frank DeLuca with the coming in hot with the hot take that Bob Foraker is the GOAT. Yeah. 
He's not the goat. He is superlative. Yeah. <laughs> I worked on a weekend, so I didn't watch a lot. I didn't watch in the mid '80s, and I started Radio Shack for 31 years. I didn't watch a lot of bowling then because I worked a lot, so I didn't have a VCR back then either. So it was hard to know. I had a leech me of sales actually record the VCR uh, for the campus cash tape also, which will be on campus chat. You can make fun of me then. <laughs> Post all those up. So one dollar lemon drop proposal for Al Johnson's Campus for Cancer. I'm in. I'll, I'll pay it. I will too. I also bowled a traveling one time. We both went to Kroll Bowl in Stowe, and Brian yeah. Kroll destroyed the heck out of our team. I wasn't <laughs> bowling that night, but he, Brian Kroll is the other guy I respect. The guy that's always in the – seems like he's on the head pin almost every time. I, I call him – like that too. He always seems to be – seems like they're always on the object pin all the time. Right know? now, I call him the ageless wonder because he looks yeah, the I, same the same as he has 15 yeah, I, years ago. I veto. you. So – you cannot call anybody in the candlepin world the ageless wonder while Phil Clough still holds a bowling ball in his hand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. There's Phil Clough. And then there's then there's Brian Bad. Cole. Because I'm sorry. I mean, he's still as good as he was, you know, 20 years ago. I don't think he's good. Good. You know, too, when you were talking about the Candlepin world, little things like, you know, uh, I'm going to pick on a couple of people here. Uh, one, Marissa Ewing uh, was bowling. Um, she was she was on a team with uh, it was Roblin and Nardone. She was subbing and she was struggling. This is before she became a superstar and went out on the bear. And she was struggling. And Brian Kroll actually went over and said, you want to, you sat with her and gave her some tips on her three-step approach, how to get the ball out and things like that. He didn't have to. He was the team bowling against her. Yeah. And he took the time to go over there and help her. Um, Greg, who also does a lot of the uh, broadcast for Spread Eagle Production. He bowls in our Tuesday Night League. Dan Klein took some time and worked with him as well. It's great to see these veterans of the game, Hall of Famers in, in some cases, to sit with some of the bowlers who are looking to be those up-and-comers, that next group, or just enjoying the game and saying, if you want to take your game to the next level, this is how you're going to do it. Even even Matt Taylor, you know, a lot of guys on Tuesday, like Steve Reno, have taken them under their wing and said, here's how you can take that next step. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's really good to see people taking you know that initiative. Did Paul freeze? Yeah, it looks like, like he's really lost. Shook. I've got his I've got his connection at a zero of ten. Might okay. have some Wi-Fi issues over there. We'll We're see in the if same we can get him back. I'm gonna I'm gonna close it for now. We'll see if we can get him back. But it looks We're like he's got building. a. I don't I don't know what happened, but uh, all of a sudden we lost his Wi-Fi connection. I thought he was I thought he was just very captivated by what I was saying. Yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> that I, I, I looked at he hadn't uh, hadn't shifted at all. So something happened with his Wi-Fi connection over there. I apologize for everybody watching here, but um, we'll try and get Paul back in here. Uh, uh, Paul said yes. He worked at yes, Radio Shack did. for 31 years and. Was he five more years? Well, you guys recap. I'm going to see if I can help him with his uh, connection issues. Yeah, so go check it out. So, but, but I, I remember when he came to Millis, he he said he was he was working. He, he, I want to say he was working in Cambridge, and he was driving to Millis and then driving home to Haverhill. I'm, I, I told him he was nuts. And I mean, look at nothing's really changed for him now. Now he does exactly. that just to voluntarily call games. And I think, I think what's what's kind of. I don't. I want to say lost on Paul because mm-hmm. he's so in the moment with everything he does. Mm-hmm. The fact that he has people calling him to call these matches and paying for him, offering hotel rooms, offering lunches and gas like that. That to me is as much as he's had negativity in this game. That says more than than what bowlers are saying. To be like, <laughs> you have people calling and, pay, and basically paying you to to call these these events. Yeah, he has a T-shirt. He has a T-shirt. 
he, he literally has a t-shirt. Yep. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, honestly, I don't think he really needs to change anything. I think he should just be who he, if he wants to be excited, be excited. Cause that's right. how he's really feeling. And I think One, Jordan said it in the chat earlier, the, the bowling community, I'm getting my first taste of it this year, really mm-hmm. kind of with ACST getting in. Mm-hmm. It's full of clicks. And of course. It, every 100%. house has their own clicks. It, and it gets to be that way, and they're going to just kind of follow the leader, just like high school. It's, it's going to be follow the leader. All right, looks like we get him back. So let's get Danny back in here first. We got Paul with a full connection. Perfect. I got put in a timeout already. Yeah, he had yeah. on the guest <laughs> Wi-Fi, so we Jeez. timed him out. You had to put him on the pro Wi-Fi. So <laughs> before we get before we let you guys get back in, I got to throw this out. Kenny from the Kendallpin Thoughts fame in Kendallpin chat has the past couple weeks. He wants to know, Paul Grant, is it Reese's PCs or M&Ms? What are your favorite? I have to ask that for Kenny. well, Kenny's I, birthday today. My so. personal trainer had before the injury said lay off all that stuff. So it'd be M&Ms. be peanut M&Ms, though. My wife loves peanut butter cups. I can't stand them. I, I'm sorry. I think it's Reese's Pieces all the way. I like Sky Bars and I like um, the Chunky Bar. I could do my steak candy bar commercial before we leave. Don't forget, too. Okay? Wait a minute. The, the stuff with the raisins in it? Yeah. I did kid. Not anymore. <laughs> I'm out on anything with raisins. Yeah. yeah. I literally I literally just had my first chunky bar like a week ago and I got sick. I want to tell you too, in, in, in this in, I had half season tickets for the Celtics in the 1980s when Larry Bird, Robert Parrish, the real big three, and uh, Kevin McHale. Ninth we were in the promenade section, the old garden, which is right behind the four seats, nine dollars a ticket. That was a lot of money back then. For like five hundred dollars now for the same seats. Yeah. Okay. I used to bring a tape recorder and record every game. Announce the game for my seat every time. Every, every time I went to the game, you know. It's pretty interesting. And you didn't have the uh, the balcony in your in your, no, in your view. No, I, for the play, I did one time before I did that. We had the had two dollar seats. We had to go like this to watch the game. You know. My very first, the very first time I stepped into the old Boston Garden was the Celtics game. We were on one of the ends, and I knew the Celtics scored when I saw feet, and then people cheered. <laughs> <laughs> That's just you. so you were standing up then, right? Yes. <laughs> but getting back to the women's bowl, I think we need to really help the women's game advance. Like we have three women in the ACST: Faye Sawyer, Sharon Britton, another great up and coming bowler. Sharon Britton, Faye Sawyer is just really a sweetheart. She's a good bowler, very steady. Doesn't show a lot of emotion when she's up there. She's a very steady bowler. Uh, she's bowling great of well. I forget who the third bowler is. I think there's, there's three women now in the ACST. Yeah, Kate Finn. That's, that's right. Oh, she is. That's right, too. I forgot. <laughs> that's right. The better of the Finns. The better she's, Finn. She's going to make sleep. a run for it this year. Yeah, she's she's got great upside. I, I hope Marissa sticks with it up in Maine. Is she, is she, Maine she going to school? No, she's she's in Boston. So Boston. We're, there's talks to get her in a league. So she wants okay. to maintain an average. She, yeah. uh, she got the bug to bowl. But uh, the, oh, there's Kate. See, she's in. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kate. So since you brought up the the women in you know in Kate's bowling in the C division, are you going to be calling some of the C division matches or? Well, Bob Lee wants to focus on the pro. And, but and what's Paul Grant want? If you ask me for a match and I'm available, I'll go anywhere and do anything for you. If it's That's a long distance, I'd appreciate gas and toll money, but I'm not going to mandate it, like I said. But if I, I even did Chris Curley twice. Here's, here's, here's my thought too. You talk. You, the pros have some great matches, and, and it's bar none. Those are your best or your best. Yeah. A semi-pro match that everyone I think is still talking about again is Chuck against Justin. That's mm-hmm. a semi-pro match. Yeah, those are two guys that are hungry to move into that pro. I mean, Chuck was yep. a pro for years. Justin's looking to take that next step. I think uh, Chuck's looking to get back to that step. You're, 
you see a lot of great matches in A. You see a lot of great matches in B. We're going to see a lot of great matches in C. And those yes. are the people that are going to feed into the B and eventually feed into the A. That's exactly. That's going to be your next up-and-coming group. And if, in my opinion, if we ignore that, we're missing some great stories. Right. Exactly. And also for those bowlers that especially the, are the newer bowlers, we're going to miss their high triple. We're going to miss their high five, their high yeah. single. A lot of the pros have already done it. I don't think anybody's thrown their high single ever in an ACST match. I could we, be need wrong. Sh- we need to show them that they're important, just as important as the pro bowl because they could be the future. They, and know, I think like the Debbie Dixon song says, electric youth. <laughs> you know, youth to get the sport going. You know, it, That competition is going to get people to that next level. Yeah. Whether they're A, B, C, if we do a D, I don't know how many letters we're going to eventually have. But I, I've i heard other people say that where, you know, let's just focus on the pros. I think you're missing a big story if we do that. Obviously, we need that that story, too. But I, I, I think we need more commentators, more people like you, Paul, um, covering these matches. Maybe this brings in more doubles matches. I mean, it was pretty cool. I know it wasn't a doubles match, but Corey, again, <laughs> Kate and I were watching. We had two phones going, and we could see you bowling, um, Logan, and then just to the left, literally I could watch Nate throw a ball yeah. against Scally, and then the ball goes on your yep. screen. Like, it was really yep. cool to watch, <laughs> to know that that level of competition was happening across four lanes. And, that, you know, Bowling Nerd Network's taking off. We, we Spread Eagle, we put a lot of good matches on there, so that's why people need to subscribe to Spread Eagle Productions. Can we have, um, the, the, you know, Bob said the ratings are for the roof. I mean, this wouldn't have happened a year ago, I don't no. think. And no, I'm, I'm just a, you know, a, a pawn. I'm just trying to do my part and help out the game. And, of course, because we're on it now, too, Candleman Corner on Twitch. We're going to have a lot of Twitch uh, live broadcasts as well. We, we're getting all sorts of revenue. I know we, there's a Candlepin Bowling TikTok that's got a bunch of followers as well. Um, if you made a great shot or an embarrassing shot, you might be on that TikTok. Just going to throw it out there. If Carrie's watching, she probably has a clip of you somewhere. So, and I, and I think... You know, and they're looking to get more than just the outrun the bear stuff there too. There's there's a lot of content up there, and I, I know people say it can be saturated, but again, Corey, you had brought it up. I flipped through, and I remember Scally and Lee's 25, Alisi Jingrass 20, and and it just started Winchell and Saint Cyr 17. That that's what 50 almost 60 over 60 viewers watching three different matches. Yeah, and that's the thing about on Spreadical Production. You go back and watch later on too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they're on there forever. So you can show your grandchildren, your kids, your grandkids, the generations. This is your grandfather. She's your father growing up. Exactly. Great I mean, that, that and, and how much, I mean, Jeremy, you've, we've had a lot of podcasts where people are saying they really wish they had certain tapes from Channel 5. And they're gone forever. Mm-hmm. Now there, we have a lot of stuff on YouTube. You type in that name and, and you can get all of that, whether it's, um, I mean, what are the, obviously this King of the Pals, Classic Candlepins, Zoom of the Candlepins, all the ACST, Spread Eagle Productions. Um, was it Mike kind of Sweeney? What's his um, uh, Wolfman? Yeah, well, all the all on those channels, and I think there's going to be a lot of content on Candlepin Corner now. Like this, there's not going to be. We had a gap between mm-hmm. the TV days and the streaming days. I think we're in as good of a position of, as we've ever been in the last twenty years. Yeah, well, I think once it got started, when uh, I don't know if it was Frank or if it was Cheech or whatever wanted us to start streaming matches, yeah. once it started becoming normal and then newer things started coming out, it's like, oh, well, now we can do this. Now we can do that. I honestly, I don't think you can oversaturate the game right now. Right. If you it's don't a, want to watch a match, it's a, it's a, it's a, a good match. problem to have. Look at the NFL. Yeah. You, you've got college football, like like 20 channels 
of, of, of games on Saturday. The NFL, you got Monday night, you got Thursday, you got Sunday, Saturday sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's crazy. NBA, you got four games. More in softball, you got four games going on one sometimes. It's crazy. All right, Paul. So I got to ask this will be my last two yeah. questions. Head to head, mixed money match. Okay. Women's or men's? Mixed. Men and women on each, each team. Mixed. Yeah. So you have so a man one, and a woman one, on each team. One man, team. one woman. One man, team. one woman. Okay. You get to pick the rosters. Who would you pick? Who do you want to watch? Well, I don't want to cause trouble, but I would say Amanda Carroll and 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 and, and, and uh, Maddie Kelly. No, no, no. So, so those are your women. Who are the men? Yeah, and, and Mario Johnson, the outside, is the alternate. And I would say that's a tough one. There's so many good ones. Right now, I'd say the hottest ball right now is Jonathan Woodrow. He's he's right. He's red hot right now. Yeah. He's on his way back. He took some time out because of COVID. He was born like 125. 120. He's on his way. Up. He's the hottest ball right now. And Chris Merrill. Now, how would you pair that up? Would you put Would you put uh, Boudreaux with Maddie? I would. Well, it depends. Well, here's the thing. If it's if it's gonna be like an extra, it's good to have one home, one away bowler. Mm-hmm. Like Shannon and and, and Amanda don't bowl in the same house. They bowl in the same house in Scarborough. So it'd be good to have one like Chris Merrill bowls extra, but so does Maddie. So I would pair it up so it's one home, one away if possible. Else. So I would say, what would the location be? So it's some flatbread pizza in Salem for the <laughs> lanes, a live stream broadcast. I would say Amanda, the main connection, Amanda and Chris Merrill, yeah. Maddie Kelly and Jonathan Boudreaux. I think they'd be an awesome match. I, I have to concur and say Chris Merrill is one of the hottest bowlers of the last. He's such a great guy too. Last, he, oh, Would you say over a year? Oh, what do you, do you want? Two Easter was it two, two Easter, Easter classics in a row? Two Easter, main, classi- two Easter well, classics in a row. He just won a main state title, I think. Yeah, he, he, beat, he beat Mark Smith handily, and Mark's a great. But Mark's was a great yeah. bowler. Yeah. I call him Hollywood Smith now. <laughs> so, just I don't want to wrap up just yet. But if there's any more questions anybody's sitting on, now's the time to start posting them. Corey, do you have any? Uh, we just hit an hour. Do you have any uh, thoughts you want to add in? I know. I mean, I mean, my thing. And me, and Jeremy, were talking about what you guys were having the technical <laughs> difficulties. Uh, I think the one thing that. I've taken just from, from talking to Paul, from watching him do his thing from tonight, is he doesn't give himself enough credit for what he's really done for this game. Like everybody streamed, like Jeremy said, we, they started streaming ACST. Uh, Frank's done done the the broadcast, the overlays, everything like that. But mm-hmm. to take it to the live streaming that to the level he took it to this year, and then not only not only hit it at the right time, I feel like he came in at the right time for this because bowling became cool again this year. Yeah. And I feel like that that branched out from how many live streams there were, how many commentary teams started coming out of the woodworks. Then you have Al Johnson's Candlepins for Cancer start streaming. You get all these different things that kind of branch off. And I'm not saying that like it's all from this one thing. It was just a strike while the iron's hot. And Paul was kind of the voice that led that charge. Yeah. And now it doesn't matter who's saying what, who who's saying they're aggravated by what. You have bowlers that are, you have bowling centers that are are more or less paying you to come to their their events, to call their events, putting you up in hotels, lunch, gas, tolls. You're you've earned a, a revenue more or less from these these things, and that that's all on you. That's nobody else but but your voice, your catchphrase, your excitement, enthusiasm, and love for the game that that comes through with every broadcast you do. So I just want to give the real kudos you deserve for what you've done this year for, for Gannon and Bullet. No, thank you. I'm not worthy. I appreciate that. I'm very humble and honest, sir. I mean, obviously, you're never going to make everybody happy. It's impossible. Right. It's absolutely impossible. I mean, I'm sure there's people out there that thought Vin Scully was horrible. You know, just, just because. You know, it's a... 
So I wouldn't say try to make anybody happy. Just do what you're going to do. But it's cool to be. It's cool to be. Talking about something from the conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it is tough too because for us we are a, again a, a candlepin community. I know there's you know there's clicks and things like that, but we all know each other too. It, it, mm. Even like I said with the ACST, it was tough when people messaged me and I knew mathematically they were eliminated and they're at. Do I have a shot? I'm like, uh, like. It's easier when you're you're writing a newspaper article for two people that are never going to read it. We're all going to read it. We're all going to see it, and you don't want to you don't want to put anybody down. So it it is tough when the people that are giving you the negative feedback are the people that you feel are part of your community. And I sometimes understand I feel like when somebody loses, I feel like I get the brunt of that. Sometimes I understand that because if yeah. Jeremy throws a double strike, bang, double strike, and you throw a half whistler in a two box, I, I, I'm not rubbing your face off. If I feel I feel bad sometimes when that happens, right. but. I call it, I try to be, I, whether I like somebody more than somebody else, I call it the same way. I call it neutral. Right. And I think you definitely, you definitely have that too, where you, I bowl my five and I feel like you're cheering for me. Like Paul's rooting for me. I'm lucky when, I, when you bowl, you're one of my teammates, whether. And, and then I sit down and, and shoes up there and it's like, oh, he's rooting for shoot. Like you all, you're rooting for the guy on the lane. I can, I yeah. feel that every single time. I don't think you have any bias. Well, went to a, I like the old Utah Jazz, Stockton Malone. We had tickets for the Celtics and Utah Jazz one time. Yeah. And I was rooting, it was weird. I was rooting for the Celtics and the Jazz. I was like, stop rooting for Utah. Root for the Celtics. It was really weird. Like, yes, three pointed by Stockton. Larry, you know, it was like, it was weird, you know, it's crazy. I root for all the bowlers. And no. before I forget, you uh, you said you did some commercial work? I wrote a commercial in high school. I, I wrote a bunch of songs for children's songs for church. I wrote a bowling song my teenage years from Octopus Garden. Huh? Are you going to sing I it? I don't sing very well a cappella, but I'll, I'll sing the words to you. If you know the song Octopus's Garden, there's two guys called Richard and Rod Beckeritis. They're good bowlers. We hung out together in, high, in high elementary school. And it goes, I'd like to be above the sea. In a Becker right is bowling alley. He let us in, knocked down the pins. In a Becker right is bowling alley. And it goes on and on, you know. And we would shout and bowl about. The pins would fly up in the air. Oh, what joy for every girl and boy, knowing that they can get a strike or even a spare. <laughs> That's part of it. Snip it. So I do better with the music. I will tell you, unfortunately, you are not the first person to sing on our podcast. It wasn't the Alfie Johnson song, the first song. On our <laughs> I, do with music. I, do, I do a lot of pitch sometimes, but with the music, I can I can nail it with the music. I love karaoke too. I thought it was fantastic. But that's all that's all I have. On- I gotta do my state candy bar commercial though, too. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. But just wanted to shout out the Debbie Gibbs concert last night, it's the 25th anniversary, August 2nd. I emailed her ahead of time and I met her at a meet and greet yesterday. And I said, I'd love to play our 25th wedding song, which we did at our wedding, Let's Run Away, a beautiful melodic song she did uh, a few years ago. It's a great song. The woman would love it. Let's Run Away by Debbie Gibson. And we put a unity candle, two young kids, and we played Think With Your Heart at our wedding, three songs. She actually said, remind me when I go on stage. We were two rows, two seats from the stage, and she played it for us. I couldn't believe it. Awesome. That was really cool. Wow. My wife got to dance on stage afterwards, too. That was really cool. So It's like something that would only happen in your dreams. That happened, yeah, uh, I, and I didn't like that song, actually. Right? You know, I liked uh, Foolish Beat. Corey, kick him off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I bet Paul Davis. Paul Davis is my favorite singer. He's a little country boy. He's his soft voice. He doesn't look the part like Rick Astley. I go crazy. Great singer. All right. New from Flavor Time. Oh, hold on. This is my commercial. I wrote this in pre- a, cre- a creative writing class in high school. And we, they wanted to do a product development. So I said, okay, you're about to hear something you have never heard before. 
New from Flavor Time, it's steak candy bars. That's right, steak candy bars. They come in 50 sizes, one for each state. Steak candy bars are milk flavored. They come in three flavors, chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry, all with a real taste of milk. Now you can buy a California, a New York, or Rhode Island steak candy bar. And on every steak candy bar, there's the capital that's state engraved in the candy bar. Just think, collect all 50, and you have to worry about flunking your geography test on states and capitals. The only candy bar with a taste of milk and education. In this country, the uh, tax Massachusetts era, by the way. <laughs> you'll find your favorite, or should we say, you, you'll find your favorite, or should we say, flavorite, get it, flavorite, favorite, favorite. candy bar from coast to coast at your favorite supermarket and local food stores. There's no tax on state candy bars except the Massachusetts state candy bar. So when you feel like you had a great snack or a great candy bar, think of state candy bars. The only candy bar with three flavors, the taste of milk and education. New from Flavor Time. Listen, people people are looking to buy it. I see it up in and the comments right teacher, now. Take actually, my money. You should write to the company and, and you get a product proposal. Is that Goldini? That's Goldoni. Yeah, Goldoni, Goldoni wants all 50 Sorry. of them right now. <laughs> so for all the people who have the opportunity to have Paul call their match, you have a celebrity on your hands. Keep that in mind. Paul, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Wow. I was going to ask for we one. We needed a wow. <laughs> we needed a wow. Only and one. Corey, Corey, also, thank you so much for having us on Canopy and, Corner. And, and thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you to the Bulls for your support. So I appreciate it. Yeah, so All great right. night, guys. Thank you again for the approach. Check them out on Spotify, iTunes, anywhere podcasting is available, basically. Um, they do this live for the first time tonight but they record all the time they don't remember how many episodes they've done but there are some great ones um i think they were the first to get tommy Olsa back on and get an interview with him now that he's kind of making his way back into candlepin they did a great one with bob lee about the acst there's a great lot of great episodes out there check them out keep your eyes peeled on spread eagle productions on youtube bowling nerd network alley chat uh acst's facebook page here on Twitch, just keep keep bowling going. Listen for Paul Grant's wonderful calls of each match. But until next time, here on Candlepin Corner, you guys have been absolutely great tonight. Um, like, subscribe, all donations until July 20th are all going back to uh, Al Johnson's Candlepins for Cancer. Corey, tell and, them about Amazon if you're an Amazon. Oh, company. if you have Amazon Prime, you can connect your Twitch and your Amazon Prime, and you subscribe to somebody for free. So it'll cost you absolutely nothing if you have Amazon Prime. And that money that comes to the stream will get put right back to Candlepins for Cancer. So keep keep the word going. Check this out. Anybody who's who's watching this later on, like, subscribe, and feel free to check out any Candlepin you can find on YouTube, Facebook, wherever you can watch a watch a video. It is it is basically there now. So that's it for me, Jeremy, Danny. Don't forget Candlepins for Cancer next Saturday, July eighteenth, June eighteenth, Little Lanes, nine thirty a.m. I might have uh, typed July. No, you said June. Okay. All right. But next Saturday, go check it out. Live bowling. There's nothing like live bowling, especially yeah. when you're watching absolute pros like that that ladder has. So, Anybody so go can check it out. Ladder. Yeah, it's 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 something else. We need we need to get more live interaction with some of these matches, especially yeah. the big ladder taping. So go check it out. Um, check them out. I'm sure we'll have you guys back on whenever you guys want. Whenever you, you just we'll let back. me know and we'll Absolutely. get this set up and we'll go from there. But that is all I have tonight. Guys, thanks again for everything. And for everybody that tuned in tonight, check us out every time we go live. Turn on notifications. We'll be here all the time. Paul, thanks again. And have a great night.